Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I gotta say, Kim totally freaked me out this week and made me watch a documentary called Missing 411. It's about five separate kids that go missing over four decade time span and the stories are just bizarre. So we're gonna talk about the freaky unsolved disappearances going on in America's national parks. Kim is with me again this week at the Coffee Buzz Studios. We are talking about some spooky stuff again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got quite a response from our scary movie episode. Uh, it's the first episode that actually generated some listener mail, so I'm pretty excited about that. Did you that. get some shout-outs? I did, in various social media platforms. I'm, I'm kind of a mogul at this point. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but <laughs> <laughs> so Scott sent some suggestions. Wanted to give a shout out to him, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, he also said I should check out Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon. So I, what made me want to check him out is the way he described it. He said that they're both shot from different points of view. Uh, throughout the movie so that's kind of cool I will definitely do that Gloria had some suggestions too she said we need to watch Dark Water and Train to Busan is that how you pronounce that? Busan? I don't Busan? Know. It's a Korean movie and I'll be honest Gloria I'm probably not going to watch it not because I don't trust your judgment but I am very lazy when it comes to movies um, you're kind of like that too right? you don't like subtitles Oh, when it comes to subtitles, yeah. yeah. I mean, we should, though, because we're missing out on some good movies. Well, I feel like if I just stare at the words the whole time, I'm not looking at the the cinema. I yeah, and I would do the subtitles, but they're horrible. Or, the I'm sorry, the overdubs. I've yet to see a movie with overdubs. Oh, yeah, that, definitely not. Yeah, we just gotta, we gotta just buckle down. It's because read you're some. blind. Oh, my God. I mean... I'm not blind, okay? I wear glasses. I think you're partially blind. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We have more listener mail to get to. So, uh, there's another one on Gloria's List, Tale of Two Sisters. Have you seen that one? No. All right. That one sounds good, though. Yeah. I don't know why. Let's check it out. But, you know what? All these movies, these fictional movies, have not scared me nearly as much as the documentary you made me watch, uh, Missing 411. Yeah. Whoa. It's scary because it's true. Yeah, it so it chronicles uh, similar disappearances of five children in national parks across multiple decades. And the more we research this, it doesn't just, it's not just to children or national parks or even the U.S. No, it's been like the top four, I think, are U.S., Australia, the U.K., and Canada. Canada, yeah. So let's talk about the people kind of specifically, like 10,000 feet view, you know, these uh, people that go missing. The way that we sort of stumbled onto this uh, was through the movie, their documentary that Kim found by uh, the author. It's based on a book by David Polites. Did I mess that up again? David Polites. You're Pilates. right. Pilates? No, you keep saying Pilates. Pilates. But it's Pilates. 
So the book is based off of Missing 411 by David Polites. 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 <laughs> I cannot pronounce this guy's name. I apologize, David. I mean, no disrespect. That he um, has written these books, and I would say it's the most comprehensive research on it out there as far as you know finding out information but it he studies what 12 1400 cases so far i think he's gone through about 1400 missing person cases and so he's starting to develop a profile and um cluster map if you will he's ex-law enforcement so um, he kind of goes into it with that. It's very serious. I like that about him because it's very factual. Mm-hmm. I don't think he makes a lot of speculations with this stuff. Yeah. Um, you were mentioning like somebody on his, uh, he was on someone's show, Coast to Coast. Yes. And they go, oh, well, they were sort of trying to bait him, right? To, to get him to say yeah. something. Oh, it's almost as if, you know, these people are taken by some special force. And he's like, yep, that's you know one speculation yeah (laughs) so he doesn't yeah he doesn't jump to conclusions he doesn't even say what he thinks it is he just lays out the facts Mm -hmm. very you know he's just a kind of no bs kind of guy and lays out the facts and lets you decide yeah and it's very bizarre sometimes their bodies are, are never found um and there's various locations that they that they seem to disappear from more than others. Yeah, he's tracked it and just kind of put a pin in a map every time, you know, one of these cases comes up that fits all this criteria. And, you know, he started to see these clusters forming. Right, so a lot of times it's near water, large bodies of water. Um, and there's also a common you know a a lot of instances around boulders or granite which kind of seems odd very odd it it oddly makes sense too if i'm like oh if i'm an alien trolling around looking for people to take i'm like oh i don't know for some reason i associate them liking granite Hmm. i don't know interesting yeah, or big boulders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already going into the alien part of this because it's just too weird not to be. But uh, that was my first, my first thought. So they're vanishing uh, near the water, near the boulders, and there's also common traits among these people because they'll either be super high on the intelligence range, or you know, with some sort of disability or memory problem or something like that Mm -hmm. so to me that makes it look like we're being studied or cataloged Hmm. interesting i don't know that's if you're looking at it from like a scientific point of view like and the people with disabilities are usually autism uh diabetes heart disease uh some were deaf Mm -hmm. and then you have other people that are like marathon runners um, so it's just yeah. There's a there's, cluster of those. It's a broad spectrum. You don't just seem to have everyday Joes in there. But you know that's uh, it's just part of that the data collection that uh, that David has done here. Yeah. Um, and this is weird. A lot of them that were found. I think you looked this one up. They weren't wearing socks or shoes or boots. Yeah, a lot of, if the body is found in these cases, 
they're found dead and without wearing shoes or socks and this is in you know very inclement weather snow rain you know these i mean it's national forest you're out in the wilderness right and to not have socks or shoes on just seems bizarre like what what would take them off or why would you take them off if you're, nobody you're would hiking, do that if you're roaming around the the woods yeah. no way i mean i think even the naked and afraid people have boots <laughs> No, I think they're barefoot. Really? They're yeah, but that's those so crazy stupid. bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh so yeah, they're they're no shoes, sometimes no clothes at all. Um a lot of times when the body is found, the coroner can't really hone in on a cause of death. Yeah, that's a weird part to me that there's no cause of death, like how can that be? Yeah, and you know, even when they're found in the water, they're just sort of dropped there. Yeah, or and they're it's not ruled like drowning. Yeah, it's if not you're found drowning. Found in water, why wouldn't I mean? I don't know. Yeah, because they will be they will have been dead longer than they have been in the water. Oh yeah, you know that's really weird too. Like they'll be missing for fourteen days, but when the coroner looks at them they're like oh they've only been in the water for you know five or six days like where were they prior to being in the water like, exactly makes no sense no it's it's totally bizarre and very unnerving it is uh and i'm not trying to freak people out but i feel like they need to i <laughs> i wish someone had told me about this yeah um, and that's that's the thing is that there's so many of these stories just back to back to back that have all of these these i don't know if you'd call them coincidences i don't know no commonalities i don't think these are coincidences there's, there's too, many, too many too many you take 1400 cases that all kind of have this another theme is that uh either they're religious people a lot of times or they have some kind of connection to a church or religious organization uh or they're somehow tied to the military which seemed very <laughs> x-files to me i uh <laughs> i'm not gonna lie that that kind of i like the story a lot more when it had that aspect to it hmm. um and when I watched the movie, I tried to sort of rationalize it because I didn't want to think about something out there taking me. Um, so I would say, no, this particular case is animals or something like that. But these cases don't go that way. Uh, they don't have any of the evidence. Well, the cases that David decides to look into have all ruled out the possibility of an animal attack. So, you know, a lot of people think, well, bears or mountain lions or whatever, but we'll get you out in the wilderness. But there's just no sign of that. There's no blood. There's no kind of bloody crime scene. You know, if you're going to get attacked by a bear or mountain lion, like your hair would be left over or um, something. You're, exactly. It, there would your be... backpack, your equipment, your, you know, rifle or whatever. Like something would be left behind that you were here, you... You got eaten. And so many of these cases, they can't find any trace of these people. No. Like, forget them finding the body, but they can't even find a backpack or just simple things that would have indicated some kind of struggle or, you know, fight with an animal. Mm -hmm. It's not there. 
or just lost if you're just wandering around like you would leave something yeah you know, absolutely something would get too heavy to carry yeah you would you'd be shedding things that you don't need yeah. um or you'd be throwing things out if anything else just a way to get found um you know hunter education courses they would tell you to tie things on trees, you know, to hmm. sort of mark where you've been. And these, a lot of these people are experienced hikers and hunters, and they would have known to do that. True. And there's no trace of it. Yeah, there's like doctors, you know, that you would think they'd have enough common sense to, I don't know, make their their presence known. But yeah, these search parties go out and they just never find a trace. And then there's the whole search dog issue where they give the dogs the shirt or whatever to give them the scent and the dog just doesn't do anything. And these are like trained, you know, highly trained dogs that live to go out and search things down in the woods. Yep. Yep. They'll either sit down or they'll do the search, but they just don't find anything. There's no scent of this person. Um, yeah, there's no explanation for that at all, in my opinion. Uh, that's just beyond <laughs> the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah. They'll or they'll be on a scent, and then all of a sudden it stops. Yeah, and it's like there's no the dog just, just stops. Yeah, like it's like they're just lifted out of the sky. Right. I don't know. By aliens. That's your theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm jumping the gun on this. Um, so most of the disappearances happen between 2 and 6 p.m. Really? That's that's what it said huh. on, on the website. I'm going to post this up, all this information on ours, uh, thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. But um, yeah, there's it's typically between 2 and 6 p.m. in the evening, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. And... There's a whole thing with the weather that I find fascinating. Yeah, that adds another element of like mystery. I don't know. Do you know more about that? Is it just rain? You know, is it just bad weather? Like, yeah, in a lot of these cases, and tons of them, is that right after the person goes missing and they start to do, you know, the search and rescue that bad weather moves in so you know Mm. like just heavy downpour rain or three feet of snow just something to delay the search to where you know tracks are covered or you know it just makes it harder to search for them and that just happens a lot which doesn't seem like okay you know bad weather happens all the time but when it's just this many cases it just seems very bizarre oh it is it's i mean what are the odds of that just randomly happening um, another thing I found interesting was all of the devil references in the names of the geographical locations. Like they would have Devil's Cove or Devil's Bend or Devil's Island. Um, and I think it's not because the devil is out there snatching people. I think that has it speaks more to how long this has been going on. You know, if it was centuries ago, uh, and people were continually disappearing from a place, you would probably give it a name like, oh, that's Devil's Cove, do not go there, you mm-hmm. know, or beware when you go there. I think that's sort of how that name kind of, or these names sort of came into place. Mm-hmm. And 
because if you try to research it, there's not a lot out there on how these national park places within there get their names. Sometimes there is, but other times there's not. Yeah, it's almost impossible. So that that was another aspect of this story I found very, very interesting. Yeah, David actually has a whole book on... Uh, oh, that's right. ...of this cluster of people, and it's called Devils in the Details. That's right. Yeah, so great, great name. It's just all these people that go missing at these places called, like, Devil's Waterhole or whatever. Right. And then there's all the National Park political side of this. Mm-hmm. Where they just stonewall this guy when he tries to get requests for certain things. Um, the first thing was like the list, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't have one. That's what they claim. They don't yeah. have a list of, let's say, just people uh, that have gone missing or that have been killed or, you know, attacked or whatever on the national parks they don't keep that or they don't let us know about it that's so crazy because every police station i mean i would think would have a missing persons list i mean i'm pretty sure there's statistics on this right like everywhere well yeah i mean you know, if you find a person how are you going to reference it you know like exactly who who's gone missing who are you right You'd want to document it. I mean, that's how you would start to see patterns emerge. And But the fact that they have zero lists of missing people that go, that's... That, that's just BS. They're like, oh, yep, no list. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah, it's, it's just bizarre. Why do you think that is? I, so part of me thinks it's just them not wanting to admit that they don't know. Uh, I, yeah. To me, saying I don't know is a perfectly acceptable answer. I say it all the time. But whenever governments and people in power think about saying that, it makes them feel weak or whatever. I don't know. But I think there's that. I also think that they don't want to scare people away from going to the national parks. and. Honestly, I was a little hesitant to do this episode subject because I love hiking and camping and you know, I haven't been to a lot of national parks, but when I've gone, I've I've loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was not too long ago you're trying to get me and Olivia to go to Yosemite. <laughs> and Yosemite is like the biggest cluster that is in the world, in right? In the world of missing people. And wow. especially of these circumstances, like just bizarre, don't make sense, never been found, you know, you know, still unknown in the world. That's just crazy. And it's the place with the most amount of granite and boulders. Hmm. There you go. They're going back to the aliens. That's how they recharge the ships. What's really creepy to me about this story is that the victims will be found in many times the places or like on the trailhead where the rescuers have been going in and out of every day. They will just be lying face down. Uh, and, you know, they've been searching for thousands of miles yeah. all this time. Or they use that trail just in and out a hundred times a day. And then a year later, they're found right, right in the middle of that trail. There's like, there's no way. I mean, we searched that area, but it's they were, just one of those things. They had to been put back. 
or they traveled back that would be the logical like they got lost in with no shoes or socks (laughs) in a lot of these cases or toddlers yeah that's coming up we're going to talk about specifics here in a little bit it's going to freak you out yeah so it's just so weird to me that all of the i don't know just or sometimes they have like they'll find their belongings and this i've heard a lot too is that it the clothes are found like neatly piled or like like if you were to just stand up and you were to melt into the floor the way your clothes would fall is how they're found like the, just the bodies of, are that's how they're found or the, the clothes. clothes okay the clothes. so like yeah if you just melted into the floor like your pants would just fold down hmm. that's how they're found it's like they walked out of their clothes wow and, yeah how weird is that I don't know. It's just, it baffles me. I mean, there's no explanation for these things um, and just how similar they are. Right. I don't know. I don't know what it could be. Yeah, it's it's totally just mind-blowing. And because there's no explanation for it, it makes it even more, um, you know, it would be one thing if people just, it was tragic but they maybe drown and it was an explanation that you could you know check in a box Mm -hmm. but because there is that unknown it just makes you you know wonder you never get the answers like it's and that's got to be heartbreaking yeah so we've been sort of talking about the general uh stuff of all this so let's kind of get in and do some some specific stories here Dr. James McGrogan, he was 39 years old in Vail, Colorado. He went missing March 14th of 2014. Now this guy was really smart. He was physician, he was in great shape. I think they said he even was like a marathon runner. So when he was out hiking with his friends, um, he decided to hike ahead of them. Uh, so the party, you know, kind of leaving them behind and he was never seen again and by that evening they started looking for him you know 18 mile area and what's crazy is that he was well equipped he had food water a cell phone he had an extra battery uh, gps device sleeping bag the whole nine yards this guy knew what he was doing and his cell phone pinged once the day that he went missing and then after that it was it went dead um, bad weather forced the search to be suspended like it usually does and then 20 days later his body was found by a group of uh, skiers about four and a half miles from the trail uh, near the Booth Falls area that was on April 3rd and you mentioned something about this, the four and a half miles. It's not like what we think of when I go out for a walk around here. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a straight shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you made a good comment about as the crow flies. Is that what they say? Oh, yeah. It's not how the crow flies. It's, you know, because if you're flying over, it's four and a half miles. But if you are trekking through the wilderness, you're going up elevation, down elevation. You're... yeah going over streams you're probably like zigzagging all the way so i think when i read the story um they said 
like hiking it is equivalent to about 12 miles oh, that okay. he would have had to travel you know by himself over over and up all these ledges and cliffs and why he wouldn't have just stayed on the trail yeah yeah an experienced guy like this yeah and he was found wearing his helmet but no coat no gloves and another instance where he's not wearing boots yeah his boots were never found either he had a backpack or i'm sorry his backpack had the cell phone and the gps uh and this is what's really freaky they were all in working order yeah didn't the cop just sort of pick up the cell phone and, and got a off. signal and yep. everything? Mm -hmm. That's that's weird. Very weird. I mean, uh, the boots never located, and the coroner uh, said that basically he died of multiple injuries, uh, head trauma, and then also to his left side of his chest and a broken femur. Uh, they, the official autopsy on this one ruled it as an accident, but... I will respectfully disagree. <laughs> Don't think there's anything accidental at all about that. Yeah, it was very strange. His friends were even baffled just how he got over there and why wouldn't he have just set up camp or... To he had a sleeping bag. And then just why he was found without any shoes. Yeah. Oh, or man. No gloves, no jacket, just... That's... Yeah, bizarre. I know I keep saying that, but I'm looking for new adjectives to describe how freaky this thing is. <laughs> you do the next one because it's uh, it's kind of a heartbreaker. Yeah, this one is sad. Um, yeah, the next story is Jared Adadero. I guess these aren't stories. These are no, they're real accounts. True stories. Um, Jared was three years old in Poudre Canyon, Colorado. He went missing on October 2nd, 1999. He was hiking with a Christian singles group that was staying at his father's lodge. So his father owned a lodge there at the at the canyons and apparently all the churches were bananas over it and they would <laughs> Yeah, that's where staying. they have their, you know, little church camp retreat things. But it's another another yeah, they're after the Christians apparently. These Oh yeah, that's these aliens. Apparently, these aliens like to pick up Christians. <laughs> no, it's just... Religious they, people in general? Well, they all have similarities where they're part of a, a Christian group or uh, they work at a church. Right, or, yeah. So this one, um, Jared was hiking with a, uh, the Christian group that was staying at his family's lodge. Mm -hmm. And they told the dad, like, hey, we're just going to take Jared to look at these fish down at the stream. His dad says, all right, you can go. And then without asking the father, they decided to take three-year-old Jared and a bunch of other kids to um, another trail, like 10 miles down the road, and just take a hike. And they did. Um, when they started walking, Jared was like first in line. He's kind of way ahead of the group, just walking, but they can see him. Um, and then they, I think they stop and take a break and... I think 10, 15 minutes is what the person said that they don't, you know, know where he was. Um, and that's the time that they lost him. Wow. Um, around that time, he was spotted by two fishermen down the stream and or down the trail. 
that said he walked by he would like had a stick and he asked them if there are any bear in the area hmm. or bears and the guys said no there's i you know there's no bears in this area but you know you need to go back to where you came from because you're scaring our fish and that was the last time anyone seen little jared alive and um which is weird to me like why wouldn't the fishermen like three years old you're out in the wilderness seriously and, what a bunch of jerks you know stay here till your parents get here yeah or, hey where are your parents you know something but they didn't they just said Hey, well, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, I could see people doing that, you know, because the, t- to be fair, he could have been scaring the fish. Like if you've got people jumping on the bank, fish can hear that. Yeah. Um, I've been told to get away when I was a young kid, when people were trying to fish because you have to be quiet, True. but still, you know, three, three years, years old. old. Oh my God. Could you imagine? I can't imagine letting my three-year-old go with a Christian group in the first place just to go hiking. Well, they didn't. He didn't know that they were going hiking. He just thought they were going to go down. To yeah, the and I don't want to beat up the dad on this because this oh, would no. be the biggest heartbreak anybody could ever, I think, endure. Oh yeah, yeah. He didn't know they were going on a serious hike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that you know, immediately they started doing a search. Hundreds of people. They had people on horseback. They had. You know, search and dog, uh, or I'm sorry, search and rescue dogs out there trying to smell his scent. Um, they had helicopters, all kinds of things. I mean, just a huge search party and didn't find anything. Hmm. Um, for four years, they didn't find anything until two hikers um, were hiking along this like very steep cliff. Um, and it was actually right above where he was last seen, not last seen, but on that trail, um, like straight up like 500 feet on this cliff side in this boulder field. Boulders. Mm, there it is again. <laughs> and his remains were just kind of out in the open. They, what they first noticed when they were hiking up, because you have to hike up on like all fours. Like it's not an easy hike. Like yeah. it was, it's very hard for an adult to do it. Mm. Um, so when they got up to the top they saw one of his shoes and it was just sitting there like he had just stepped out of it wow and they thought that's weird you know how would a kid be up here and looked around and found the rest of his remains and it was like his um his sweater that he was wearing which was almost fully intact and then his pants were found inside out which is very weird very very Um, strange and then I think part of his skull cap and a tooth were found. But yeah, just very weird. And just weird that he, if he would, like, I don't know if he would have climbed up there. There's no There's way no a way. could climb up there. I can't get her to walk through the store without having to carry her. <laughs> exactly. I've made the mistake of not bringing the stroller or putting her <laughs> in a uh, <laughs> the cart. And I'm left carrying her, arms about to fall off. There's no way she would be able mm-hmm. to do that. And they sent the clothing off to, you know, to be tested. And it came back that not a single drop of blood was on the clothes. It was ruled a mountain lion attack. But mm. I think that's what they ruled it. Yeah, that's some, the someone said that. cause of death. But um, it, it just couldn't be because there was no rips in the clothing. Like when an animal attacks you, they, yeah. just, they don't care about your clothes. They're not going to peel them off. The, the fact that his pants were 
inside out means I don't know just to me that they, they were kind of peeled off yeah um, or he took them off maybe but I don't know why would you take yeah, them definitely any of the scenarios that might make sense do not go back to an animal when you think about the forensic evidence yeah. of the clothes because there's no hairs yeah. from the animals uh, yeah, I just, no tears no blood no. at all so I, no way I, I don't I don't think that that supports an animal attack yeah it was really weird too because his shoes were like almost pristine like they didn't have much I don't know of a weathered look to them the colors on the shoes were still vibrant like yeah and if they, they're getting pulled over those boulders they're gonna be torn up that was another thing like if he were picked up by a mountain lion he would have been drug mm. and like his shoes would have had some sort of scuff marks or dirt on the right. toes or on the heel of it or however he was drugging there would just be some sort of sign that he was attacked but there was nothing no blood yeah. no hairs no nothing was not an animal attack <laughs> gonna have to disagree on this one too <laughs> not an accident and not not an animal it was aliens for sure Either that or Bigfoot. I don't know. But Bigfoot is just like an animal. Like that's when they true. Tear him up, yeah, you still know. have fibers from from the Bigfoot. Unless he's like Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, going from the toddler, let's take it down now to the older side of the spectrum. Wayne Buckley was seventy-three. He's in Utah. Uh, this is June 7th, 2015. Parks his truck at the Sleepy Hollow Trailhead, which, bad idea right there, just from the name. You don't, you'll, you'll lose your head there. Brad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, um, his camping gear was at the truck. Uh, he takes off for a hike. And this guy had emphysema so the searchers are pretty positive he did not make it very far but um this is what now three years ago mm -hmm. and not a trace not any clothing nothing he had a revolver on him uh 38 and no you know no uh no remnants of that either so where where are they I don't know. What's I mean, some of these searches on? are like people walking shoulder to shoulder, you know, multiple searches, hundreds of people. Right. Aerial. I mean, sometimes they use like, uh, what are those thermal cameras? Oh, yeah, the infrared stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, thermal that's stuff. High tech. And they still can't find anything. Like, nothing. Yeah. I I tended to believe when we were watching the movie, like, oh, well, when I ruled out the animal attack, then, oh, it's got to be somebody within the party. Mm -hmm. But the details of these do not support that theory either. Like, it's not, these don't look like criminal uh, type of scenarios. There's no funny business going on. It's been debunked in several of these. And we're looking at, again, not to sound like a broken record, but there's like 1,400. That's a that's a lot. That's just the ones we know about, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, who knows how long this has been going on. Yeah. If only there were a list. Hmm. hmm. 
Um, another case is Janet Castrojohn. Castron. Um, she was 44 years old in the mountains of Arizona. Um, let's see. She went missing on June 19th, 2015. She was camping with her parents and she was walking from the restrooms to the campsite. And apparently the restrooms were not far away, um, but she vanished, like nobody knows where she went. Um, and there's many stories like this where the person is not far away when they go missing. Yeah, and if they have a restroom, this isn't exactly like the primitive, you're out way off into the park. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, some of these are right in the middle where you know, is very heavy, heavily populated, many hikers, many people taking pictures, you know, like... Exactly. Then, yeah. And this is oddly very close to the one I just talked about with Wayne in terms of the timeline. This is June of 2015. 2015. He was... Well, he was June 7th. She was June 5th. Just saying. There's there's a little bit of a odd... Timing there. Yeah, it's very, very weird. Um, Janet is partially blind and she has short term memory loss. Hmm. And this is another one I'm presuming where no, they're just missing at this point. That's what the authorities are going with. Three years ago. So. But no trace of anything. Yeah, the authorities uh, are now using the word abducted to explain her disappearance. Okay, now they're getting closer to the truth, (laughs) I feel like. Well, I mean, you have to rule that because when nothing is found and, I don't know. I mean, well, it's better than they did with Jared. Uh, I guess that was back in the 90s. True. But they t- said, oh, that was an animal attack. Mm-hmm. You know, and now I think at least they're being a little bit more honest with the, uh, you know. Abduction. Abduction. Of course, they haven't found a body. If they did, they'd probably be going, oh, it was clearly an animal yeah. trying to just... just explain it away like that yeah uh the website says that this happened in a cluster zone where five other people have vanished okay that's that's pretty creepy that's creepy af (laughs) (laughs) i do not want to live in a cluster zone james nelson uh 31 vale colorado this was october 3rd 2010 he sent out on a five-day, 25-mile hike into Holy Cross Wilderness. And definitely worth noting that James works at an evangelical church in Colorado. Um, Twelve days they searched. They found no evidence of him even being in that area. No, And when I say no evidence, I'm thinking they're talking like no tracks no no trace and that's pretty hard to do no trace left behind Mm -hmm. is uh you know you've got to it's just not something that would happen um unless someone was purposely trying not to be tracked and even then you'd have to know a lot about it um so another twist to this one is that five years prior to james disappearing a lady by the name of michelle vanick went missing same place and same scenario where not one piece of her equipment was ever found um she was also using these hiking sticks the walk sticks uh that james was using as well 
This one is just, uh, I don't know. It's just like Twilight Zone type stuff. It is. You know, I just can't figure it out. I mean, I try to, but... I mean, what could it be? I'm still going with aliens. It's, <laughs> we know. <laughs> <laughs> if there was any doubt out there of what Brad thought, it's aliens. <laughs> There's, I mean, other, maybe they're falling into a black hole or... Uh, That's what I thought. Like some sort of portal or... Maybe it's they're going into the upside down. Oh. You know, like Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, they have to be, I don't know, walking into like another dimensional door. and Yeah, because there's definitely things that we don't understand out there. And this, is, this is another proof of that, in my opinion. Yeah. We're, we do not have the ability, we're not sophisticated enough, in my opinion, to figure this one out yet. I hope we get there, because this is a real, real head-scratcher. It is. But I have to say, um, I'd still go camping. You would? Uh, yeah. I mean, for one reason, there's so many things that can kill you in modern urban living. Just, you know, uh, car accidents, mosquitoes. Oh, God. Uh, any number of things that I won't get into because <laughs> I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to focus on that. But I feel like, the odds of me getting abducted or whatever is going on with these poor people um, is lower. My the odds are in my favor there out in the woods than it is. You would go to Yosemite and camp. I would walk through the boulder field. Oh my god! I wouldn't take my daughter. <laughs> you would not. <laughs> no, you would not let me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could. I don't know. I'd just be so worried oh. about her the whole time. All bets are off for you ever going camping. I mean, that was a hard... You and I have been camping once, and that was a really hard sell. <laughs> True. <it was. laughs> and now with this, no way you're going camping. Maybe not even hiking. I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know. National parks, too, just really freak me out now. Which is really annoying for me because I want to go to so many national parks um, and yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to get you on the Appalachian Trail now. I don't know. <laughs> well, do check out the website because we're going to post some stuff. Um, the cluster map. Yeah, pictures. Pictures. There's so many like references to add. Uh, for this particular blog post. Um, I want to thank Kim publicly for helping me with this website. Oh, because <laughs> No, seriously. I would just have uh, the anchor page where my website is hosted and it would just have a list of episodes <laughs> if it wasn't for you making me get that website. So, yeah. so make use of it if you could, please. Thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com Going to have all kinds of fun stuff up for this one. In the books, I, I identify that boulders, granite, there's something about being in a boulder field or being around granite that can be dangerous. People disappear in those areas. 
and Yosemite has so many strange disappearances. It's just unbelievable. Most of these disappearances occur between, say, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. That's the vast majority. The victims are often found with a low-grade fever. And if the victim is found alive, they're either found unconscious or in a semi-conscious state, but very rarely do they have uh, wherewithal about them. And in a large, large percentage of these cases, if the victim is found, they're found in an area that has been previously searched. And I'm not talking once, twice, sometimes 50 times. Sometimes they're found unconscious face down on the trail the searchers were taking every day out to search. It's baffling when you first get into this to think that, say, a five-year-old girl could travel 75 miles in four days, or a two-year-old boy could travel 12 miles over two mountain ranges in 19 hours. Yet those are the claims made by the searchers that find these people. And this isn't one or two cases. There's quite a few that fit this exorbitant profile where it's, as a parent, you know it just can't be true.